what is the purpose of the company? What are the values of the company? What are your products and services? And living your values either nationally or globally, knowing that some are going to disagree with you. You are listening to CEO Perspectives, a podcast by the Conference Board. Welcome to this episode of CEO Perspectives, a signature series by the Conference Board. CEO Perspectives are conversations that take an objective, nonpartisan look at a range of subjects that matter most to business leaders. I'm Steve Odlin from the Conference Board and the host of this series. And in today's conversation, we're going to discuss what's next for corporate citizenship and what were the biggest takeaways from our Corporate Citizenship Summit that we just had. Joining me today is Jeff Hoffman, the Institute Leader of Corporate Citizenship and Philanthropy within our ESG Center at the Conference Board. Jeff, welcome. Thank you, Steve. Glad to be here. So, Jeff, you've been working on corporate citizenship for a really, really long time. But just start, you know, with our listeners and 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 you know, tell us what you think corporate citizenship means today. You know, that's a really good question, uh, Steve, because uh, it it can be defined in several different ways. Uh, here at the conference board. Uh, we look at corporate citizenship as an outgrowth of, of corporate philanthropy and everything that goes along with it. So it's the corporate giving, the employee volunteering, how we use our core competencies as companies uh, to work on uh, societal issues that are important to not only companies, but communities. So we, we have a broader definition of corporate citizenship today. We also stay in our lane within the ESG world. Yeah, and you know, we, we used to think that uh, corporations only had one constituent, which was the, the shareholder or the owner and producing value or producing returns, financial returns was, was what the corporations needed to do. And I think over time that's evolved and people have come to really understand uh, better that there are multiple constituents. You know, it's uh, certainly uh, customers, employees, owners, and of course society around them, including environmental stuff. So this notion of corporate citizenship is how corporations need to engage, you know, within that matrix of constituents, isn't it? Uh, it, it is. In fact, um, I think that's what really uh, has changed uh, in recent time, because you know, when you look at stakeholder capitalism and, uh, you know, there have been pretty much five different stakeholders that are identified. And one of those is the community. And the community has always been there. Companies have always acted within the communities. But to uh, your point, uh, you know, it was the shareholder primacy, which companies uh, looked at. But now the world is so complex that uh, how companies interact with the, uh, the communities where they have operations, where their supply chains are located, or society in general is really necessary to be effective in the climate that we have today. You know, and and when this when this first started out, I mean, people started out calling it corporate social responsibility or CSR, and that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because they said, well, look, you know, the corporation's responsibility to society, you know, is is 
really up to how they want to engage with their constituents. Who is it for anybody else in externality to define what their social responsibility is? So I think it's evolved to this to the subject of corporate citizenship, meaning, look, you know, you're, we're all players in this, whether we're individuals or whether we're organizations, and we all have a, a you know, a a duty or a responsibility to each other in this. And I, that just seems to be something that has brought the best out of companies. I think so. And a lot of it starts, you know, with employees because, you know, corporations are a group of employees who come together for a common purpose or to create products and services, but we all live in this world. All of our employees are also part of families and they have friends and they live in neighborhoods. And and the more successful those neighborhoods and communities are is actually going to create you know better employees and also the pipeline for the future. Yeah. And you know the the notion of citizenship kind of changes with what's going on around us, right? And been a lot of black swans and gray swans that have occurred, you know, in our world, you know, just in the last four years, but certainly even longer than that. And I think corporate citizenship has evolved as those issues have arisen. Talk about that. Yeah, you know, Steve, it, it's. Uh... It is so true and how quickly the world is changing, because here we are talking about the conference board's engagement with corporate citizenship and philanthropy for 80 years. Five years ago, you know, within the scope of things is not that long. I uh, co-wrote an essay on 75 years of corporate citizenship at the conference board. And when I was updating that piece in reflecting on all of the occurrences that have you know, happened within the world that have had huge impacts on how companies operate, their ability to operate, how their employees are part of this. You know, and it started with really, you know, the pandemic. Yeah, none of us were around in 1918, the last time we had a pandemic. And in March of 2020, the pandemic hit we didn't have a playbook for that. We have our disaster and our crisis playbooks within corporate citizenship, but it was different um, because as we always say, we're the folks that have one foot in the company, one foot in the community. So as everything was shutting down, it was how are companies helping the frontline workers that were in hospitals and clinics having to deal with an influx of people who had COVID or our local communities that were having a huge impact because they were all closed. And a lot of these are, you know, you have big uh, corporations, but when you look at the suppliers in the neighborhoods, oftentimes they're mom and pop small businesses. So that, that being out there in the community trying to help them at the same time as companies are trying to figure it out it was a huge, huge change that we had to deal with that we hadn't faced before. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it is interesting, you know, part of uh, part of corporate citizenship, of course, is philanthropy. And, um, you know, you've you've spoken and, and written a bunch about uh, disaster philanthropy. We certainly yes. have a share of disasters. 
you know, for large companies, most of that is done through their foundations, uh, you know, the largest companies, and those foundations have structure around them, you know, with leadership, with funding, with, you know, the purpose, and, you know, it's pretty well defined. Most companies, though, don't have a foundation. It's simply, you know, they're not big enough or something. And that, mm-hmm. this is where I think your your frameworks uh, around how to think about this have been important. Talk about talk about those frameworks. Yeah, you know, um, I I think one other uh, event that occurred in 2020. Um, that then ties into how we've developed some of the new frameworks uh, was the murder of George Floyd and then the subsequent reckoning on race. And this was happening right in the heart of, of the pandemic. And these frameworks and how decisions are made within companies because of the pandemic and the reckoning on race and some subsequent uh, happenings. It's not the old days where the foundation and philanthropy was over here, and uh, you know the executives were invited to the the wonderful charity dinners, or you know put on a T-shirt because we're going to uh, plant trees or or paint a you know rec room and a boys and in girls club. And I think the frameworks really are how you look across the company and how this work impacts. Everything from working with the CHRO on on employees and how employees fit into this uh, corporate communications, which is critical with reputation management, the statements that we see CEOs make. Obviously, you know, there's uh, corporate finance, finance issues, there's the compliance issues, you know, writing a check to a nonprofit is not as easy as you think it would, especially when you're a multinational company and you're doing this on a global basis. You can really go across the company and see what are the corporate citizenship implications for these various disciplines, and then your operations as well. And and I think the biggest thing that we have seen difference is, even though I've talked about we have these playbooks for different situations, but how decisions are made and 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 at the higher levels now, where you know the CEO, and then during you know 2020, there were conversations in corporate boardrooms that. I had not seen before, uh, and we were talking about traditional corporate community relations because it became important with how businesses were operating and looking at reopening. Well, and, and you know, it, it's one thing to say, okay, you know, we can take disasters, you know, given their episodic nature, and decide. What are we going to do, if anything, on this disaster? Okay, so there's a volcano in Hawaii. We don't have any operations in Hawaii. We can't spell Hawaii. Maybe that's not high priority. We we live in Dubuque, and there's an earthquake in Dubuque, and the you know destroys half the town. Maybe we need to. So there there is a structure, whether it's written yes. or not. There's a structure or a hierarchy of decision making when it relates to to sort of disaster. Now the social issues are harder. And because because of this multiple constituency na- nature uh, that that you described, employees, um, you know, the external community, this is where it's really been tough for people because you can't, you know, there's a demand for corporate leaders to speak on everything. The problem is there is not unanimity of opinion on this either with 
employees or with the owners and so forth. So no matter what you say, you're pleasing some and you're displeasing others, right? So, right. so this is where I think your framework is important. So talk about how companies should approach these. What you know, what kind of framework, what kind of decisions should they take or or at least assess before they before they they go out on some of these issues? Yeah, it, it's a really good question. And then it's, you know, is it an issue that the company should or shouldn't you know, take a stand on? And there's a lot of disagreement uh, within that. You you have companies that you know now feel that it is important on major issues that they do take a stand. There are other companies that feel that they would only take stands on issues that directly impact their current or future ability to operate. So you have that uh, there. But then, you know, when you're looking at in the United States, we just released a, a report uh, last month, um, and we actually released the uh, report in Corning, New York, a town of 11,000 people. And we started our work on rural in Peoria, Illinois, a little over a year and a half ago. And this was a response to the pandemic, where we saw that even though those of us who live in cities were were impacted, but the imp the negative impacts were, you know, exponentially worse in rural communities. So so we did that report. But when we look at the polarization that we see in the world, it was very interesting to see differences between rural and urban communities on issues. And it goes back to, I think what you're trying to get to, Steve, is you know what is the purpose of the company? What are the values of the company? What are your products and services? and living your values either nationally or globally knowing that some are going to disagree with you but hopefully living your values in a way that will have positive benefit impacts even though some people might be detractors yeah and you really have to be careful here because there are a lot of groups out there pressuring companies to take a stand yes that is consistent with their stand. Correct. And sometimes it's, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. It's the it's the loudest, you know, the, the shouters that, that break through. The problem with that is it's very hard these days to, to differentiate some of these social issues with political issues. You know, there seems to be, you know, we're, we're divided as a country politically. There is, there is, there is not alignment on um, on many issues, and maybe maybe there is not alignment on any issue. I don't know, but it sort of seems that way. So, therefore, if a corporation does take a stand on something, it by nature gets dragged into the political arena, and therefore, you know, it creates a risk to companies. And and I think this is why, as you pointed out it's arisen to the CEO level and the board level uh, as to how, at least from a process standpoint, how these things are going to be, how these things are going to be decided. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think we you know, we're we're living another example right now. And you know, on October 7th, Hamas attacked Israel and it has, uh, you know, caused we, 
We we see protests on on college campuses. We're seeing a rise of anti-Semitism. We're also seeing a rise of Islamophobia. You know, if you're a multinational corporation, you're you could be operating in Israel and Arab nations all at the same uh, time, and it's complicated. So us within corporate citizenship and philanthropy, in the earliest days. We, we really step back as like, okay, what we're doing, our piece of the pie in a company, so to speak, we aren't discussing the war that is going on. We're looking at the Israel and Gaza humanitarian relief. So we're trying to depoliticize as much as we can, which is challenging in this situation. That we're we're working to provide relief for those who need relief, and a lot of it comes down to wording and semantics, and and companies have really struggled. Uh, you know, when when Russia invaded Ukraine, um, that was challenging for a lot of us to navigate. But that almost. I don't want to say it looked it was easy compared to this, but this one is really, really complicated. So again, we're trying to depoliticize what we do from a philanthropic standpoint is we're just trying to help the people in need who were impacted by this situation. Yeah, and and I I think that's great. I was sitting recently with a very prominent CEO. Um, it was a private conversation, so I, I, I'm not going to disclose who it was, but. But but I asked him how he makes how he decides you know what to comment on and he said well we come at it this way we're here to serve people and we're not anti anything you know we're we're not against this against that we're pro everything we're pro people we're pro bringing people together so we come at it from that perspective and so we don't we don't come out so so they've they've drawn a bright line saying we're not going to come out and make a statement against anything. I, and, you know, I, I started thinking about that and, and, you know, of all the, of all the guidelines that I've, that I've seen that one, that one really is a bright line. I mean, that really helps. I mean, I don't know if everybody agrees with that or wants to adopt that, but, but, but that really um, did help me understand, you know, how they were, how they were doing things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I also think that's a, a very pragmatic uh, approach and a smart approach because, you know, <laughs> CEOs are people too, and they have emotions. And is uh, you know right or wrong? There are statements that are made during the moment uh, that that happen that we then see corporations having to sometimes backtrack on some of of what is being said. And I think that's where the corporate uh, citizenship executives can be very helpful as part of the decision-making process. Um, because again, that one foot in the company, one foot in the community, that one foot in community might raise red flags that you aren't necessarily thinking about, you know, when you're inside uh the organization and in making what are really tough decisions is is sometimes that outside voice that is like makes you rethink 
some of the words that you're going to say and position it maybe slightly different. So you aren't going to have to backtrack a few days later. Yeah, great, great advice. We're talking about corporate citizenship uh, in the modern era. We're gonna take a short break. We'll be right back. What does the future of work mean for your employees? How will your company navigate ESG? Will there be a global recession? At the conference board, our experts translate the latest research and economic analysis into insights and real-time problem solving for your organization. Membership at the conference board provides your team with an assortment of knowledge from economics, marketing and communications, ESG, public policy, and human capital. As a member, you'll have access to our center experts, member-exclusive events, data and benchmarking tools, and peer sharing that will help you understand the present and shape the future. Consider becoming a conference board member today by visiting www.conference-board.org. Welcome back to CEO Perspectives. I'm your host, Steve Odlin from the Conference Board, and we're talking today with Jeff Hoffman, the head of our Institute for Corporate Citizenship and Philanthropy. So, Jeff, you know, we were <clears throat> we, we were talking a little bit earlier. You mentioned that uh, uh, you've been around the Conference Board a long time, but the Conference Board has been focused on the issue of corporate citizenship for a, for a very long time. Why why has this why has the work of the Conference Board been so integral to this? And and you know this has been what eighty years, Jeff, that you mentioned. So this it, is a, this yeah. a big this a, you know we've got a great body of work here. We, we do. You know, it's interesting when I was doing some of my uh, uh, research, um, looking at the conference board's not only involvement, but really how the conference board has been a catalyst and to help companies as this work has moved forward over the years. 1943. Uh, you know, World War II uh, was uh, going on, and that's when the conference board got started in this, and we had already been around for uh, 27 years. Well, not you and I personally, Steve, but the conference board was by the time that we got into this work, and it was the first time anybody was looking at corporate philanthropy holistically. And part of it had to, well, it really had to do with the war efforts. Two pieces, one, what was happening in the U.S. itself, because, you know, back then, the men were going off to war and the women and children were left behind. I mean, you know, it's obviously it looks different today uh, with our armed forces, but that was the reality then. And oftentimes the men were leaving jobs that, that paid a good you know, salary, good wage, and uh, were going and now getting paid by the army, so to speak, which looked very different. So there were a lot of social safety nets that companies were supporting to help you know, these people, the spouses and families of those who went off to uh, war with to, you know, pay rent, mortgage, put food on the table, all of the, you know, basic uh, needs. And so there was that piece of it. And then the other is the war was ravaging on. And this piece specifically was coming out of the, the war on the, the uh, Europe side. And, uh, orphanages were being created uh, right and left. So 
when we look back at 1943 and that first look at, at corporate philanthropy, it was really supporting the safety nets in the U.S. and orphanages abroad, uh, specifically because of, of the war effort. And then that, you know, progressed on uh, from there. Yeah. And most recently, we, we've had uh, a big corporate citizenship summit. You brought together leaders from the field uh, in one place. First time, I think, that this kind of a summit's been been uh, conducted since the pandemic. What Correct. what were some of the key issues that came out of that summit? Yeah, um, one is how much more important the geopolitical crises are on the work uh, that we do within corporate citizenship. Uh, you know, we started out the day with perspectives from Richard Stengel, who you know, is managing editor of Time Magazine and Undersecretary of State for Diplomacy and now is the chair of the Board of Care, you know, kind of setting the stage for us on what's going on in the world with his perspective. And we had David Weston, who was the moderator of the session from, you know, from Bloomberg Week. And then we had one of our, our top corporate members, multinational, and they operate in most of the countries of the world, talking you know, directly what the intersection is between these global occurrences into what is, is happening on the ground. And, and part of it is, is really nimbleness because of the differences, but also knowing if you're doing business in India, you know, China, uh, you know, pick a country, Brazil, uh, around the world, you have uh, sometimes different political systems that you're trying to operate in, different values, and how do you live your company values in a country that have different values from where the headquarters is, say if they're in the United States or Western Europe, and, and reconciling that. And I think that was that was a theme that came out, you know, through the day, is how do you reconcile operating in a world in many respects we could say is in somewhat of chaos yeah and um you know i think you'll probably our listeners can probably uh tune in to tcb.org and see some of our follow-up work on that and recommendations on you know all of these issues uh over time just you know last last point before we we sign off Jeff, you know, as you look forward into your crystal ball here for the next year or two, what what do you think some of the some of the key issues, some of the key trends, some of the key focal points will be? First of all, I think they revolve all revolve around one word, and that is urgency. You know, we've been doing this work for a long time, but there is a certain sense of urgency that we have not necessarily experienced before. Part of it has to do with the environmental issues that we're facing, but then uh, the social issues too. When you look at, you know, kind of in a boiling point, whether it be environment or, uh, you know, on the social side is, is the work of corporate citizenship is going to be more integral into a company's success. 
because of navigating uh, what could be, you know, I don't know if landmines are the, the is the best term, but there's a greater expectation by the public in the various constituencies on how a corporation acts. And a lot of this is, is tied to obviously other parts of a company and their structure. But oftentimes corporate citizenship can be viewed as, you know, the the uh, compass, so to speak, you know, based on on what are the issues that are popping up right and left that a company is going to need to address because whether it be their future workforce, their future customers, uh, a world that is healthy in order for them to operate. So it's becoming much more strategic, much more aligned with with company goals and objectives. And it's really, even though it's certainly a nice thing to do, but it's really also becoming more of a business imperative. Yeah. Jeff Hoffman, thanks for joining us today. Happy to be here. I enjoyed our conversation. And thanks to all of you for listening in to CEO Perspectives. Every week I'll be joined by a prominent thought leader to provide insights on the issues of our time. We'll cover the leading topics in geopolitics, economics, ESG, and more. Please share CEO Perspectives with your colleagues, your friends, your family, with everybody who cares about citizenship. I'm Steve Odlin, and this series has been brought to you by the Conference Board. You have been listening to CEO Perspectives, a podcast by the Conference Board.